Today's showing up in your feed because it's the last Thursday of the month. Happens to be the very last day of the month, and that month is October, and that means today's Halloween. So, happy Halloween if that's your your thing. Um, if you're going out there trick or treating, if you got kids going out there trick or treating, uh, be careful out there. Um, you know, if you go out and you're too old, you could get arrested. So, make sure you know your your local ordinances. Don't need any twelve year olds getting put in a cage for asking for some free candy now, do we? Anyway, uh, today's the second installment, which means you can find today's show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash gbq02. Um, and in those show notes, uh, I think I'm going to link to a, a couple of uh, past episodes, um, maybe uh, some other things, and, and I'll put some pictures in there too so you guys can can see what I'm talking about when I'm talking about what's going on here. Um, so last month I had a, we had a, a hen who was sitting on some eggs and she's a first time mother. She's probably, I don't know, two years old at this point. She's, uh, getting on in age a little bit. Um, she just never, never sat before and she decided to sit. So let her, let her try it with about a dozen eggs. And, uh, she managed to crack every single one. Um, I'm not sure if it was her kind of, nestling them and down in with her beak and, and pecking at them a little hard. Um, or if, you know, when she got out and then she would jump back in, if she landed on them funny or, or it was other hens trying to get in there and, and lay eggs. Um, sometimes I'd have to go in there and take, take new eggs out of the clutch, um, that she was sitting on. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but anyway, uh, they did not make it. I was able to turn that into something of a, of a little science experiment. Um, you know, after a hen's been sitting on some eggs for a couple weeks, they, uh, they start to develop. They start to change on the inside. And so, um, rather than just toss the cracked eggs, um, we decided to open some of them up. And, uh, it was kind of interesting to see the different, um, developmental stages. You know, you always see it in books and, and, on the internet and talk about life cycles and everybody loves the life cycle of the chicken. Well, um, yeah, they got to, got to see it, which was pretty cool. Um, but like I said, you know, they, none of them made it. So unfortunately there are no, no new chicks, um, from our stock, I guess you want to call it the ones on our, our spot here. Um, so hopefully we'll get some in the spring from some of the, the newer hens, um, buff rocks and, and partridge rocks and some that are a little, little better at, uh, at setting. We did order some broiler chickens, some of the, uh, the Cornish crosses, um, got them from, uh, Murray McMurray. I've always used them even as a kid. That was who we, we used. Um, and so I've kind of, I don't know, stayed loyal. I just haven't looked elsewhere. I haven't seen elsewhere. So I may try someplace else next time. Um, but you know, I ordered, uh, 16 broilers, um, just to see how things go. It's the first time we've ever done broiler chickens. We've, uh, We've done the heritage breeds, you know, that's always kind of been 
my shtick. You know, you, you get some of the heritage breeds. You always buy, we buy the straight run, you know, I get 25 at a time and, and just get straight run. And, uh, yeah, you, you, odds are you're, you're going to get, uh, you know, 12 and 12 or whatever. And maybe, maybe not, but you know, you should have at least a couple hens in there, I would imagine. Right. Um, and the roosters you just put in the freezer. So this is the first time we're, we're trying the, the broilers. And, uh, I tell you, they are growing quite fast. They're, they're plump very dense. Um, if you are familiar with Murray McMurray, they, uh, they give you a free chick, um, with, with your order. And, uh, we got the free chick and he is about half the size. Um, I have a hard time saying no to to free things like that. Um, you know, I'm already paying for these chicks. Uh, send me another one. Why not? We'll see. We'll see what happens to it. We'll see what it comes out as. I think it's a, a silver laced, uh, Wyandotte. Uh, my son's taken a liking to it, so hopefully it will survive. Um, you know, the first, we've, we've had two of them on, on, uh, property here. The first one was a, uh, blue Andalusian, uh, rooster who I'm not sure what happened to him. He, he was kind of, uh, in between. He, he wasn't quite sure if he was a, a rooster or a hen for quite some time. And, uh, he ended up being not so friendly and spurred me in the leg one time and it wasn't just a little little uh nick he uh he dug that spur in there pretty deep um to the point where i actually actually went to the doctor and uh had to get a tetanus shot for a rooster spur um yeah so he he ended up in the uh in the crock pot fairly quickly and the other one we got is uh is a buttercup rooster Um, so hopefully this one will be a hen but who knows we'll see I, I was talking to Daniel Weisgarber, who I had on in episode 25, homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 025. Um, and he's got quite a number of, of the broilers going at his place. Um, and, uh, you know, giving me a little advice here, trading, talking, and, um, it's kind of enjoyable to thing, you know. So if, if you guys got questions out there, you, uh, you know, want to talk, whatever, shoot me a message. I'm always, always down. So, um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we, I'd like to scale up eventually here, um, and get into some bigger numbers, but, um, we're going to start small and, and see how it goes. Um, uh, personally, I prefer the, uh, the heritage meat, but, uh, my wife does not. And I think when it comes time to, to selling chicken meat, um, you know, your, your typical consumer is, is used to the big plump Purdue breasts that they get at the grocery store that have been soaking in salted chicken broth for, you know, a week before they actually purchase them. So when they actually get a real bird, like a chicken that, uh, isn't raised on hormones and, uh, is normal. Um, they not quite sure what to do with it. So it's, uh, it's the end of October, which means, uh, this month we also saw the opening day of deer season. Uh, archery started earlier on and, uh, rifle season started on the 19th. I don't mess around with those bows and stuff. I can, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky if I get one with a gun, so I'm, uh, I'm not wasting my time with the arrows, but I was out there all day, all day, not all day. I was out there for the morning, um, on opening day and, uh, it rained, it rained and, uh, yeah, it was nothing. There was nothing out there. The woods was silent. Um, usually you hear some, some gunshots out there, you know, some, some fellow hunters around you popping off, putting beer, deer in the freezer. Um, not so 
not so. I didn't hear anything. So I've been out there a few times since, and I still have seen nothing. Um, hearing a, a few things more here and there, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. The rut should come around here as things start to to cool down a little bit, and um, hopefully we'll we'll be able to put one in the freezer. Um, there's nothing nothing like uh, some deer meat in the freezer. I do. We do have a little bit of deer meat in the freezer already. Um, and, uh, before, you know, you take my advice before you listen, go check your, your local ordinances. Once again, you don't want to piss off the game warden. Those guys, you know, they, they have, uh, more power than you'd believe, I think. Um, and, uh, there are different laws from state to state, but, uh, yeah. So the beginning of the month I was out there in the morning, uh, it was probably about seven o'clock and uh, about, about when the sun comes up and, um, putting things in the car, getting ready for, for the day's errands. And I hear a horn. The guy just laid on the horn. And then I hear that, that thwack, something getting crunched. And the car didn't stop. And, you know, so it wasn't, it wasn't an accident. Um, but I, I, you know, I, the kids were waking up. So I threw them in the car and we, we went down to see what it was. And it was a deer, uh, about a mile down the road from me, um, where they like to cross, uh, one of them got clipped. And so I, I brought it home and put him in the freezer. Um, I know some of you are like, Oh God, roadkill. But honestly, man, um, it's, it's free me about 25, 30 pounds. I was just a little, little yearling, but, um, you know, got, got a couple hams in the back and uh front shoulder, some back straps and uh you know most of the meat was salvageable um and you know when that happens why not it's just going to sit there the vultures are going to get it um you know and sometimes you'll you'll come across something happens and uh it's just too messy and you don't bother so that day was a a good day so we do have a little bit of venison in the freezer and if uh, anybody wants to come over for dinner and have some roadkill you just let me know i set you up with a, a room and you can come visit so <laughs> Also, with October, it's finally cooled down a little bit. Finally, it has cooled down. Um, it's still hot. It's still hot. A couple of weeks ago, it was 100 degrees out, um, but it's it's rained and it's getting cooler in the evenings, down into the 50s. Um, and it always it seems to be when that fog kind of rolls in, and uh, you, you get the the heavy fog in the morning. Um, it's about time that you know fall is finally here. And so we were we actually got our our fall garden in, which is just awesome. Makes me so happy to finally get back out there and, and put some stuff in the ground. Um, you know, for, for start, we got our, our, most of our cold crops in now, you know, you cauliflower, kale, cabbage, broccoli, um, got some, some snow pea, Alaska peas. I don't know. They call them Alaska peas down here. They're the, the green shell peas, um, garden peas. And, uh, those are in. And so hopefully we'll, we'll see what comes of that. I did, I threw in some, uh, some zucchini and we will see if that comes. Um, we might be able to get a couple in before, uh, before the frost comes, but, uh, eh, you know, I got the space. So, so why not give it a shot? Uh, it won't be any sort of seed crop, but, um, might be able to get some, some small zucchini on there. Um, and we got lots and lots of, onions, um, some red onions, some yellow onions, and, uh, put them in, you know, kind of space things out as we put it in. Um, you know, like, uh, every other week or every week we'll, we'll put something more, more of what we have in, in, um, and that's just because man, you harvest a garden, you harvest a bunch of stuff. And when it all comes ripe, it, 
at the same time. It is just, you got to freeze it. You got to can it. You got to dry it. Whatever you're going to do with it. It just, it, it, it's tough sometimes, you know, you don't have the time to sit there and spend the whole week doing it. So if you space it out, you space out your planting, um, you can make things a little bit easier on yourself. And so that's what we've done. And we've put in, I don't know, we got our onions and some of our other stuff like the cabbage and the, the broccoli get from the, uh, the local nursery, little plugs for, um, individual plants for, I think it's like 550 for a bundle of, of 50 plants. So we've got, uh, almost 200 onions in at this point. Um, and I know we can, we did pretty well keeping the, uh, the red onions this year, put them in some, uh, some pantyhose and strung them up in the garage and, uh, they've done fairly well. The yellow onions are just a, a Granix hybrid and they don't, they don't do quite so well, um, for storage, but they sell a lot better at the farmer's market. Um, and I forget what the exact distance is, um, but I live about 16 miles from the state-designated perimeter of, uh, of where you can grow, quote, Vidalia onions. You know, I'm growing the same variety, the same hybrid as, uh, as what gets grown down there, but I, I'm not allowed to call it Vidalia onion. And uh, some of that has to do with the, the soil. Uh, the soil is what kind of gives it its sweetness. Um, you know, and, and most of my onions are sweet, sweet, sweet onions. I, I don't have any, uh, really hot yellow, um, really the acrid onions that, uh, you think of when you think of yellow onions. Um, but, uh, because I don't live in that area, I cannot call them Vidalia onions. So I don't, I don't call them. There, there might as well be Vidalia onions. Um, and if you want to hear more about that, I, I kind of rambled on about that back in, uh, episode, 14, I believe it was, um, homesteads and homeschools.com slash zero one four. Um, I, I did, I, I carried on a little bit about, uh, just the mess that is this, this ridiculous government protection of the, uh, the onion world. Um, but yeah, you can go check that out. And, uh, what else? Uh, finally got out there, cut some firewood, um, cooled down a little bit enough to do that, but it's still hot dragging logs around. It is still hot. Um, and I tell you that, you know, there's some things I miss about, uh, New England. Um, some things I don't, you know, I don't miss the cold slush on your hands, uh, trying to get firewood in, in the winter, you know, when there's no leaves on the trees and, and you can skid logs across the snow. I, I don't miss that. Um, that, that sucks. I do miss the, uh, lack of bugs. <laughs> uh, when I say bugs, I mean, you know, your, your cockroaches, um, which are kind of just obnoxious. Um, your fire ants. God, I hate fire ants. I can't walk in the garden without, uh, coming across fire ants. I, you know, I, I don't wear shoes and, um, I, I do to, to go to the store or whatever, my pair of Harachis that I've made. But, you know, I, I it's just, it's unbearable. They are nasty, nasty things. Um, but the reason I, you know, I say this about getting out there with a chainsaw, we got these wonderful little bugs called chiggers that will climb up to your nether regions and burrow themselves in. And when they do, they itch like nobody's business. And they are just, it's, it's unbelievable how much it itches and they just leave these red welts everywhere. And it is so, so uncomfortable that, that I could leave, that I could leave behind. Um, hopefully I can get out there soon again and start, start bucking some logs and, and stacking it and splitting it and doing all that good nonsense, but, uh, be nice to get a deer in the freezer before I go out there and, and make a bunch of noise in the woods with a saw. So 
Yeah, I think that's that's about it in terms of our our animals and all our homesteading type stuff. But uh, talking about homeschooling, um, you know, this last unit I do with my my son, and we were talking about immigration. And uh, yeah, the curriculum we use is uh, is moving beyond the page. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I, I like it well enough, you know, it, it, it recycle it down through the kids as it comes. So it's one of those things you only buy once and, and, you know, move along. Um, and so we were talking about immigration and we actually got into discussing, um, you know, some of the pros and the cons of, of immigration, of, um, our, our existing border policy, all of what, what that means for, for the individuals, um, that uh, are trying to to cross borders, what that means for for past individuals that have crossed borders, um, and what that means for for businessmen and you know work people. You know, if I want to hire someone to you know pick the the onions in my field, um, someone's willing to do that work. Why why does it matter where they come from? Um, you know, and we've we had some good discussions, and and my son, I actually kind of surprised me um with uh with some of the the information he put out there and, and some of his feelings um and he was he was reading some some articles from like reason and stuff and it was it made me proud as a father <laughs> but um yeah it's kind of cool it's kind of neat uh, to be able to have those discussions and um you know talk about some people that uh that i know that um guy came over you know when he was a little kid and his sister both applied for green cards at the same time, uh, put himself through college, you know, worked, 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 um, hard, hard worker, great guy. And, uh, his sister got a green card and he did not. And it was like a paperwork issue. And about a year ago, he got a call from, from ICE to go down and, and talk. And he thought he was getting his green card and he went down and got put on a bus and shipped to Mexico. And, uh, Fought it for a little while, tried to, to wrangle through it. And I think he might still be, I'm, I'm not sure, but, um, not too long ago, his, his wife and kids who are U.S. citizens moved to Mexico to be with him. And, uh, you know, we got to talk, talk about some of that stuff. And it's just, it was really, it's a, it's a interesting conversation to have. And, um, it's one of those conversations I don't think you would have in a, in a public school setting. Um, but, and then, uh, you know, my, my younger daughter, um, is, uh, was talking about wants and needs. And, uh, you know, when I, when I think about wants and needs, like what are your needs, right? We have our, our, you get your Maslow's hierarchy, right? Your food, shelter, water, um, and even love, right? You kind of throw love in there because without love, you, you know, you can manage, but, um, without any love, you're kind of going to be hard, hard pressed to be a, I don't know, contributing member to society or to be a, a, a working member of society or whatever you want to call it, um, to get along with other people. So we, we were talking about that and, uh, the book that the curriculum is asking us to use talked about wants and needs. And in the vein of needs, it wasn't just food and shelter. It wasn't just love and water. And they also included education. And they included medical access. And it kind of put me off a little bit. It sounds really ugly to say that, you know, medical care is, is not a need 
right? Something you want. I think to some degree it, it is a need in the sense that you need to have some medical access to, to be um, healthy and, and, and happy and live a, a productive life. Um, but at the same time, the way the book was portraying it was that it's almost a right that um, having your medical needs met is a right that everyone should be entitled to vaccines and to doctors and, and that business. Um, and the same thing kind of with education, you know, the education is this thing that you, you have to have if you want to be successful in the world. Um, you know, it didn't talk about, you know, learning how to do things on the job at a mechanic shop or at a barber shop or, um, a computer technician, anything like that. You know, it all kind of comes from the, uh, industrial education complex. Um, none of it actually comes from the free market from, uh, actually being involved in the workplace. So it kind of, it really kind of put me off. Um, and we were able to discuss it a little bit. She's kind of too young to, to pick up on some of the subtleties, some of the nuance involved in it. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it, uh, yeah, kind of put me off. But anyway, uh, it, for the most part, I, I do like the curriculum. Um, one thing I will say is that the curriculum, using a curriculum sometimes, we just feel trapped almost, you know, like you got a list of things you got to do. And if you don't get it done, then you didn't do the work for the day. And that's not always true. Um, but sometimes you get, get stuck in those ruts. It's tough to, tough to break that sometimes. Um, and, and having that curriculum almost looming over you, you know, with a, a checklist of things is kind of, kind of takes things out of it a little bit. Uh, that's all for today. I hope you guys get out there and, and get some free candy. Make sure to, uh, thank your, your corn subsidies for all that cheap candy you get to give away. Um, and, uh, yeah, steal some candy, steal, steal your kids candy. You know, it's taxing. Teach them about taxes, right? That's always, that's always fun to do. My son hates it, but you know, Hey, you live here. I took you there. You know, these are, these are the taxes. This is what you, you owe Caesar. So anyway, folks, uh, appreciate it. Have a fun time. Have a good time. Enjoy your month. I will talk to you again like this at the end of the November after Thanksgiving. And uh, I hope you all have a, a good holiday, and I will see you on Tuesday. So get out there, sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap cheese of freedom together. I'm going to ride us this dream. I'm going to ride us this dream.